Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. We are in a small room at the Writers Guild. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. And we uh, are joined... My name is James Carey. This is Dave Cohen. Hello. And we have been joined by the wonderful Radio 4's Carrie Quinlan. Hello. She, she does other things too, but yeah. our listeners may, may know, know you best from your work on wonderful hits like Be Lucky on BBC Radio Wales. Which is uh, an immense piece of work and a beautiful beautiful piece of writing but you might also know her from this other show she does called John Finnell's souvenir program whatever the hell that is so yeah we and we Carrie has kindly agreed to share her thoughts experiences and bits and pieces about the show she's looking at me in a slightly wide-eyed yeah I don't think absolutely. I quite I'm, agreed to do that I'm, kind well of no I'm, I'm just filled with terror okay there's no need to be there's no need to be terrored um, you're scary. You're scary men. It's, it's Dave Cohen and James Carey, the scary guys. Although Dave <laughs> is wearing scary, a dark, in fact. Dave, Dave is wearing a. I am wearing a leather jacket. jacket. I'm going to make a quick getaway, actually, but I'll be here for a few minutes. Uh, Great. Uh, Dave yeah. has to go. We've got things to do. Yeah. Mm. However, time he's off to collect money. Perhaps <laughs> Carey, you could tell us uh, just about how you got into being a writer and a performer how you then possibly got out of it and how you got back into it again. <laughs> because uh, that is something that people, I think, listeners might that, find interesting. Yeah, that mm. did, cause, and that did happen. Yes. Um, uh, I, I got into it, as, uh, as so many of us do, um, uh, by be, being from a reasonably privileged background and going to a university and doing lots of comedy with lots of people there. So um, I went to... You didn't, you didn't go into comedy by losing a bet. That's often a, that's a way into comedy, is <laughs> having a comedy bet getting, getting, and having to have shenanigans yeah. to, to, to win your stake. <laughs> or, the, or the legendary Little and Large story, apparently, which was that Sid Little was a comedian and, uh, and was going down really badly. And the, Eddie the, Large heckled him. Yeah, so I've heard that of Reeves and yeah, Mortimer as and well. If, if you think you're so funny, Sue, that's not true, though, yeah. is it? Well, apparently, I, the story I've heard, the Mel and Sue story I've heard, is that first week at Cambridge, Sue did a Footlights smoker, yeah. did some stand-up, got heckled, and they just okay. fell in love. I don't, I don't think she was heckled, yes. but I heard her on Desert Island Disc not so long ago. Anyway, we're talking oh, about it? you. Have I made that up? Let's not, yeah. let's, we just, don't care just, about two Just to not leave our listeners wondering what the, how this story ends. But basically, the, the way the story ends is that the person then says, well, if you think you're so funny, why don't you come up on stage and join me? Hence, Little and Large, Reeves and Mortimer, I Mel and Sue. Yeah. That's, I uh, think Mel and Sue right. wasn't quite so confrontational no. as that. Probably no, was, That was quite no. a funny heckle, yeah, which you chat. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Collaborative heckling. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, much... Um, but yeah, so yeah. I um, uh, wasn't particularly bullied at school. That's the other routine, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, but did lots of... Just enjoyed stories and making people laugh. And so did that. And went to university, went to Bristol University, and... Um, met various other people who liked making people laugh um, and continued from there really so did stuff I enjoyed there and continued continued doing stuff I enjoyed started doing stand-up mm-hmm. when I left university um, and then decided that I didn't like being on stage on my own fair enough mm-hmm. that, that is a normal thing to experience and anyone who does totally. want to be on stage on their own you want to be a little bit worried about totally yeah, yeah. I also realised that um, hey yeah <laughs> I'm a little well, bit worried a, about you, Dave. It was well, only ten years. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, that's how it starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also realised that with my stand-up career, my favourite bit of the whole job was driving home on a Saturday evening, listening to Bob Harris on Radio Two, and I thought, hang on, I can do that at home. 
It is. Yeah. Mm. Strange. Very much can. Yeah. For, yeah. For, then, for, for a similar amount of money. Well, yeah, <laughs> pretty, probably, actually. Yeah, it would balance out. Yeah. The but, petrol and the pay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so it's tra- trained as an actor, which is what I deep down wanted to do anyway. Um, and sat around for a bit after training as an actor, waiting for the phone to ring. Making tea and well, that's watching. very important part of being it an is. actor, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? Really? I watched a lot of The West Wing right. um, for a year, right. and then a mate from university got in touch and said, "I'm doing a TV comedy show. Do you want to come and write for it?" And I said, "Yeah." Well, no. I said, "No. I mean, I've, I've got season six of The West Wing." So, yeah. <laughs> but that's oh no, there's not very good season yeah. six. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and was that with Alan Alder? Starts yeah. to go downhill. That's yeah. the yeah. yeah. The Alan Alder years. Except it's not Alan Alder's fault. Oh, okay. It's just that's just a handy way of. Oh, right. He's very much escaped. Identifying it, okay. but right. actually yeah. he was great. Okay. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm besmirching the name of comedy great Alan Alder. <laughs> so that's yeah. yeah. That's. So you started writing for this show, and mm. then um, but there was a point where you just thought, you know what? I think I'm done here. I'm off. And you. Yeah. So you that went was. Went off to become a teacher for a bit. I did for a bit. Yeah. So. This was sort of ten years. I've been writing for about ten years, um, and acting for about ten years, and thought, "Oh, I'm get. I'm a bit tired of this. Um, I'll try something else." Trained as a teacher. Did you get enough of the having parents going? Oh, so when are you thinking about uh, getting a job? A, li- a bit of that. A bit of that. Yeah, it does weigh you down after yeah. a while. No matter how supportive yeah. they are, yeah. there is yeah. an element of looking at the watch and going, right, okay. They weren't, so. they weren't too bad, right. actually. They were, they've, been, they've been pretty good over the many unsuccessful years of my career. Um, but it, it's more, the I think, something that we we all get in comedy where it's so up and down and, where, and it can be down for quite big chunks. And bits of your brain go, there's got to be something else I can do. Okay, is there something else I could do? Maybe I could, should I be should I, should I should I be a lawyer? Should I be an accountant? I shouldn't be an accountant. Definitely not that. Um, but is there something else hmm. that actually would pay me regularly? Yeah. Um, pay you regularly to stand in front of an audience. Yeah, exactly. Give it yeah. your, give yeah. it your let's, best. Yeah. Let's be a barrister or yeah. Yeah. or <coughs> a teacher. primary school teacher. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get laughs. Yeah. yeah. They're definitely. a tough gig. Primary They're, school well, kids. They they are and they aren't. Um, they're much more prepared to go to go along with any old nonsense you yeah. like, but you're also teaching them stuff, so you ought to really, you know, try hard. Yeah. You sort mm. of have to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but I did, yeah, I did that for not very long because Michael Gove was Secretary of State for Education, and, right. and it decided to break teachers. Okay. And he he broke me. I had a, I had a bit of a. Um, well, breakdown, oh. and uh, but which was handy actually in retro, not at the time. So you should be writing a letter to thank him, really. Well, yeah. that's where that's this is going. Absolutely, yeah. 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 That's exactly as we all should. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it was quite. In a way, it was quite nice to sort of think oh, I was right first time. Ah, okay. Although, you know, I, although yeah. all of those things now, where I sometimes think, oh, should I be trying something else? Yeah. I can go, mm. nope, no, nope. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's quite nice. So how long ago was, was was it that it's you about, came? That's about five years ago. I did right. That. Okay. Mm. So yeah. took about yeah about a year and a half off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thinking either it's a bit of a break or a whole bright yeah. new career. Yeah. So now mm. a bit of a break. And uh, also because last time I, I ran into you before we were working together the other day, it was at the Hay on My 
literary festival yeah. where you were doing stuff there, including stuff with with kids, uh, reading kids stories and that sort of um, thing. Bits of stuff for kids. Yeah. I was, um, so actually, yeah, that has sort of fed into the, the teaching has fed into what I do now. I'm doing much more stuff with, yeah. with kids. Um, you can say with a clear conscience that you used to be a teacher and therefore you can be trusted. Exactly. Yeah. I'm wise and noble and everything's <laughs> going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and and good at herding small crowds, I yeah. think, is the more important one to... Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. You just have to get overexcited like they do and then that's fine. Yeah. Um, get more overexcited, then, they, then that confuses them. Yeah. That's uh, quite fun. Yeah, they don't quite know what to do. When they think they might be the grown-up in the room. <laughs> yeah. I've started doing a, a podcast... Um, uh, because that's what all the cool kids do. Yes, that's right. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, with I Andy Stanton. started ten minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we started two years ago. Come on, but, uh. um, with a guy called Andy Stanton who writes uh, Mr. Gum, which if you haven't read them, you absolutely oh, right, must because yeah. they are. I can personally attest brilliant. to the fact that they are pretty much my kids' favourite books, and I have never seen them or heard them laugh more <sighs> than listening to well. Not just to me read the books, but there are some audio books as well that were mm. produced in the first three that he did with David Tyler, who is a radio producer who produces lots of excellent radio comedy. So yeah, so you and do a, a podcast. He's a with brilliant him. guy, and we Has that yeah. started going out. That's starting to that will start to go out or started going out. Okay, uh, middle of November. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So people can find that. What's it called? When people are looking um, for it's it, it's called Ask the Nincompoops. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Andy and I are nincompoops, and kids ask us questions. And there's a re in every show. There's a sort of it's a it's a really lovely thing. It's worked out really well. And there's a brilliant moment about question and a half into every show where you see in the kids' eyes that they realise that they're the grown ups in this room, yeah. and that these two really are yeah, yeah. idiots. Yeah. And yeah. it's lovely. Yeah. It's really really fun. No, it's it, kids. Kids go nuts if you start doing. If you want to get reaction out of a kid or a group of kids, you start doing something that they know how to do right, start doing it wrong, and they will yell at you. Oh, um, what head, head, shoulders, knees and toes done wrong was my go-to as a nursery school teacher. Absolutely. Right. No, you got it wrong. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you're going down sort of an independent audio route for at least that. Um, we had a question from uh, Maxine Jones on uh, Twitter. Hello, Maxine. Um, hello. Um, who was talking about the role of... Um, the Wireless Theatre Company, Big Finish, Audible, Panoply, Acast. Um, I've heard of some of those. I listened to Danny Robbins' uh, new podcast called Haunted, which I think is made by Panoply. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm, and also Big Finish, I think, make a lot of Doctor Who yeah, audio Doctor and stuff, stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering whether, this is a question for the group, uh, whether this sort of independently produced audio is a good route to go down, or is it, I mean... Or is it just you've, you've sort of got to do it for fun because there's no money in it? Or is it a, a way into other things? Or what do people think about that? I think it's a it's a combination, actually. I, certainly I'm going into this podcast thinking it's fun more than anything. I'm not going to mm. make anything out of it, money-wise, I expect. But um, it's a fun thing to do. It's a creative outlet when there might not be mm. as many around. and it's quite. But it's a free creative outlet because you're not expecting... Um, financial gain particularly um, also there are fewer people in the way that's I think a key yeah. a key bit with with podcasting and um, and some of the some of the no one to save you from yourself as, well there's that uh, as some listeners to this show might <laughs> somebody should tell them to stop yeah. doing x y and z but there's yeah. a yeah there are more and more people in the way if you're doing television even if you're doing radio yeah mm-hmm. um, and so it's quite a nice it's freeing. one more 
yeah. I mean, if it, it, it is one more way of learning on the job, I suppose. Mm. And if you are new to to writing and want to get into writing for radio, and we talk about how you know how hard it is to get into TVs, and so you have to start with writing radio. But so now everyone's trying to write for radio. So yes, it's it's you know it's one step back again. But it's a good. It's good because as we, uh, I I found sort of doing it that it's been. Uh, a good learning process but it's, it's been useful for my knowledge as well but it, and it's relatively apart from for poor James who has to come up from Somerset to, to record right. them yeah. um, <laughs> but um, and we'll, we will be getting our Skype together hopefully soon but who yeah. knows um, get your Skype together get people. your Skype together <laughs> that's going to be a new podcast I mean if you've got a subject that you know really really well and you can talk a lot about or if you can come up with an idea which your idea sounds absolutely brilliant kids asking questions to, to funny people who are funny to kids that's great um, then yeah then do it yeah mm. and you just get experience and stuff that you so how many of those you re- recorded somewhere we've recorded you? six okay and yeah. so what have you learned just from doing that in terms of have you learned because I, I find i'm learning stuff all the time just doing this um and in, in a way if you're not getting paid you might as well be getting you might as well yeah. be learning stuff yeah um is there any stuff that particularly you've learned from doing that uh recently no no right <laughs> no i don't I, i'm not sure i have yet because I, to be honest i haven't listened to them back okay right. um and i think that's and then the learning begins that's when the yeah. learning begins that's <laughs> when the first the first thing you have to do is get over the horror of your own voice yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's taken me a very very long time which is odd given how much radio you've done in yeah. the last yeah. 10 to 15 years yeah the, it used to be you know not exactly arguments with John Finnemore because um, he doesn't do arguments. He's a he's a tremendously nice chap. But I think he I didn't listen to the first few series of John Finnemore's souvenir program because mm. I couldn't because I knew my voice would come up at some point and I found that unbearable. Yeah. Um, and I think he yeah I again he was that quite is normal. Most yeah. people hate the sound of their own voice mm. in the way that you didn't want to be looked at on a stage <laughs> yeah. doing stand up comedy. Yeah. This is all this is yeah. all excellent. I think you may be surprisingly sane. Um, mm. Even though it oh, doesn't good. feel doesn't feel like it, and, oh, and now you're worried. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need to be dysfunctional to do comedy, James. You yeah. know that. I'm it's, always saying. That. But talking about um, fewer people in the way, this is a thing that occurs to me off the back of that. Is um, I happen to follow a, a books guy called Scott Pack, um, who is a publisher, and um, he, I think he works for Unbound now. And he was reflecting on how he'd been watching some net made for Netflix movies recently and found them pretty underwhelming um and he said um yeah he said in the last few months i've been watching a few feature films that are amazon or netflix originals and they seem to be lacking something to which my um comment was that the equivalent films at the cinemas have often been seven to twelve years in the making and they've had to fight for their rights to exist at every single stage and therefore only the stuff that really needs, like, really feels like it should exist, actually exists. Um, and even then, their hit rate's pretty poor in terms of there's, there's still a lot of nothing new stuff yeah, at the movies true. to some extent. But I, so I wondered whether having some people in the way is a good barrier because sometimes I think we kid ourselves that creative mm. freedom mm. means that. I think I think you can pick the people who are in your way. Yes, you can pick tr- people yeah. you trust to get mm. in yeah. your way, which yeah. I think is helpful. I mean, mm. and you can see. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You could you could see it in Sherlock that there weren't enough people in the way. Um, right. 
because Moffat and Gators were so respected. Okay, yeah. And so oh, I'm glad you feel that way that too. In the way there, because I, I would always describe. I would love it if they just somebody if, if a lady turned up and just said, "I'm terribly worried about my husband. I think he's gone missing." And they went off and found him, um, <laughs> either dead or alive, and then solved the murder. And everyone just said, oh, you need to watch Elementary. Yeah. And so, and so I did, and I freaking love it. Yeah. It's really good. There was a great bit in the... There was an episode of Sherlock, that one where um, Watson gets married, and the whole episode is about Watson getting married. And a friend of mine tweeted about three quarters of the way through, I just thought of a brilliant Sherlock spin-off where they solve crime. <laughs> and it was... It's, it was that, but um, but I think but I think part of the problem there is that people yeah. weren't that no one was brave enough to get in the way, yeah, and you yeah. can see it in um in well, old example, but in the Harry Potter books, the first three are book size, yeah, mm. and then as soon as it took off and editors got scared, they're yeah. suddenly right. Bible sized, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, definitely so freedom people, is a double edged sword. Speaking of freedom, helpful. it looks like Dave is about to no, well, I'll just, just, just quickly be released into the community again. Interestingly, I'm now up to uh, book five with my kids of Harry Potter, oh. and we are just begging for the end of it. <laughs> We've been loving reading them all up to 766 pages, but we're getting there. Um, but uh, that's an interesting thing in terms of the process of how radio is made, because uh, there are two... Uh, ways that you can get a radio show made was you either go through the BBC or you go through an independent producer. You go to an independent producer with your idea, you pretty well get a yes or a no back very quickly. But if you go through the BBC, they have this thing called the... uh, PDG, the something direction group, the program, program development, development where ideas go yeah. to die. Uh, but what <laughs> they have is they have about five or six people in this group. So your idea goes this way, and it's every idea is discussed. Everybody listens to or reads every idea, and they write handwritten notes. And I think they still do that even mm. now, um, and and everybody gets given these yellow sheets, which uh, and every producer, uh, several people. Producers and uh, other people have been uh, asked to give their thoughts about it, and it feels interminable. But actually, um, I think it actually works very well. And uh, I have been surprised just before I go. I just want to say I'm, I'm judging for the uh, the radio awards for the writer's guild, and I am uh, astounded at the kind of the level of quality of shows that I'm been I've been listening to. Uh, this year for the, from Radio 4 and Radio 2. And there, there's in, an incredible amount of really good stuff on at the moment. I'm just going to leave that hanging wow. out oh. as I And we're going to rubbish disappear. it as you disappear. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll talk about it probably in the new year when the awards are given. But, I mean, there are there's just some great stuff. Uh, very, the, the very quick one bit of advice that I would give is that when we talk about radio, we say things like, well, you can do... Any, you can be anywhere in radio. Mm. And John Finnoir does another show called, called Double Acts. And uh, his show, this this uh, representation, is one that's set on an island where nobody lives and there's only penguins there. But it's a, it's um, there's some sort of diplomacy going on. So there's a Swedish man there and a British man. So and that's so, so you know you can you can set a radio yeah. show on an island in the South Atlantic that's populated by penguins. Uh, you can well, do... It sounds like a BBC TV 4 show now, yeah. doesn't it? it yeah. like, have they got metal detectors as well? <laughs> None of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good idea, that. Yes, yeah. we'll, we'll put metal detectors in. That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, there's uh, the BAFTA. Make, it, make it poignant, <laughs> yes. Um, and then there's also there's a show about... Um, there's a show that is basically The Goons, 
Um, but it's um, three very young, uh, I don't know, Asian, uh, mixed race and various people. It's, it's like a sort of... 21st century multicultural goons uh, which which is just bizarre and great mm-hmm. uh, and then there's another show which is just two people talking two women talking over a carer a young carer goes into mm-hmm. an old people's home and it's a 15 minute mm-hmm. conversation that's all it is and it's, it's just packed with yeah. jokes and, 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 and poignant stuff mm-hmm. in there as well so you really you know you can do you can be conventional you can go anywhere mm-hmm. but um, there's just so many options now, radio. Some really good stuff there. And I've spoken Drop to the mic. Already. Off he goes. Yes. There we go. Words much. of wisdom. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey, who is that guy? Yeah. I thought he was with you. No, I, I, I think he just might have wandered in behind one of us when the door was open. I think that was it. Um, so um, you have worked a lot with a, a writer you must get bored of hearing about called John Finnamore. <sighs> Um, I get asked about when people discover that I write comedy for Radio 4 quite often the most excited question is oh do you know John Finnemore oh that's brilliant I know it's kind of brilliant and awful at the same time I, I suppose but having yeah. worked having he worked... gets asked if he knows James King so. <laughs> I think that's obviously not true um, but bless you for saying it um what, uh, what so you write yourself but also when you've seen um, other people write um, well, what have you learned through working with John? You've done a lot of work with John. Yeah. What do you see in his writing that that you think, oh, I should probably do that, other than he writes really good jokes, not terribly helpful? But yeah. What do you see in good writing that you were trying to work into your own writing? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the really fortunate things of being an actor as well as a writer, that you get to work, you get to know other writers' mm. processes and things like that. Now, John is... Utterly brilliant and one of the nicest men in the world, but he's also a madman um, who doesn't sleep. So he, a lot of his stuff, I think, is written two o'clock in the morning, um, and I have not learned that from him because that is not something that would ever, mm. ever work for me. Um, but I think, I, do you know what? I think, I think what I've learned from John is that everything is is grist to the mill. I mean, the I've, I we've written we. Some years ago, we wrote a bit together, and you could be sitting in a coffee shop staring at the blank sheet of paper as 20% of a writer's job is at best. Mm. Um, and he'd be looking at the window. Yeah, 80% is drinking the coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And John would be staring out of the window, see an advert on a bus, um, a leaflet mm. being handed out to yeah. old people walking down the street, and he'd say, Oh, what about? And, Put yeah. those three things together and and have an idea. It's it's yeah. what he's it's one of those brains that's always working. I mean, yeah. we did. Um, I was thinking about this last night actually. We did a, a sketch on souvenir program that was about his shirt drawer, where we were, we were playing his shirts as he decided which of his shirts he was going to throw away and which he was going to keep because it was the end of the yeah. season and yeah. maybe he should throw some clothes out. And you just know that he got up one morning while in the process of writing Souvenir. And program. felt sorry for his shirts. Yeah, exactly And thought, oh, that. hang on. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll do. Yeah, yeah. I'll have that. And of course, because he's John Finnamore, yeah. that'll do. is isn't just, yeah, that'll do. It's, yeah. oh, there's something. Yeah. And he'll turn it into yeah. a brilliant sketch. And so. I think, um, but also from, from what I've heard about um, his process, but also other writers, and I think this is something that people may be listening to the show uh, don't really appreciate so much is he finds writing incredibly difficult. Yes. As do I. Yeah. As do you. Yeah. 
and that that is normal. Mm. And I wonder if people sometimes, and maybe you have in the past, been discouraged because you're thinking, wow, this writing's really hard. I must be doing it wrong. Completely. To which you want to say, no, no. If, it, if, it's, if you've just typed it and sent it off um, very quickly, you've probably done it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Never trust anyone, I think, who says they find writing quite easy and, yeah. and what's your problem. Um, yeah. You can't, you can't trust those people. Uh, <laughs> yes. They make Their me eyes really... are often too close together yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Even um, from experience, you know, having then got to know those people, you can't trust them. Um, so now... <laughs> how, how many of them still so owe you money? Yeah, well, many. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now, if ever, whenever anyone says that, I just I immediately don't trust them. So... Yeah, I, it's 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 really interesting, and it took me a long, long time actually. It's one of those things. Um, Marcus Brigstock said to me once: um, "Don't compare your insides to other people's outsides, because it's very easy to assume that everyone else is finding it very easy." That's very profound for Marcus. He can't have thought of that. He, can't, he? he must have heard that he somewhere. He must have heard that yeah. from someone. It's Steve Martin or something. Yeah, you know I mean? he was probably he was yeah. probably in a fever dream in a yeah. theatre, <laughs> and it was a line in a Patrick Marble play. I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> But, I like to think so. But there's a, yeah, there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I'm finding it really hard. Everyone else, you know, is is working and do and doing okay, yeah. and they, therefore they must find it easy. And I remember very clearly I was at a party at um, Richard Hurst's yes. house. Yes, your, my writing partner. Writing partner yes, um, a decade or more ago, and chatting to a couple of people who were saying that they found writing really hard, and it was a it was a revelation that it wasn't just me. Yeah. Um, and I, it's that's wonderful. That's a big yeah. that's a big moment. Yeah, to realise sort of everyone yeah. finds it hard, and you do need to sort of give yourself permission to find it hard. Yeah, and occasionally to say, you well, one day to say, oh, I'm finding this difficult. I'm, mm. I'm actually going to stop, and knowing that it's going to come back the next day or the day after that. I mean, I tend to try to personally. I try to work through stuff. If if I'm not, there are some. I sometimes come in from my office or whatever and say to my wife, today is not a terribly funny day. Right. I have written quite a lot of pages with, with gaps for jokes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and on the days where you are sort of feeling like it's, it's sort of happening for you, you do need that structure on which to sort of lay your jokes. And sometimes you feel like, you, you know, you feel like it's kind of clicking and it's going and you'll get further faster if you've already done some of the hard work. Yeah, um, and push it, but yeah. So I think you giving up completely is is probably not quite the right thing to do. But no, equally, you have to write on yeah. the horrible days yeah. as well. I think, or do your tax, or do yeah, or and or nothing admin. inspires you admin. Yeah. yeah, nothing inspires you to think of something funny <laughs> once you're <laughs> oh, going through oh. going through receipts oh. um, yeah. or trying to work out. Um, you know how for me, the one thing I will never understand is music licenses. So I've been recently doing a a live show touring called uh, Amongst Tale and occasionally you need to get PRS licences and PPL licences and I had to make a CD for it as well and I just thought I was going to cry Um, because every time I learn that stuff even the people explaining it to me tend to say well this is my best guess as to how the law actually works (laughs) even when it's sort of their job to know yeah it's just a here's very the gist. Here's the gist. Yeah. Um, and that immediately sends me back to trying to think of jokes because I have some control <laughs> over that. Well, I, most things I write now start, dra- you know, draft zero yeah. starts um, with a good paragraph of, I don't know what to write. This is horrible. I'm feeling horrible about this. But, it, my, but it's getting my fingers typing. Yeah. 
you know, I'm I'm terrible at this. Like I haven't got any ideas, and yeah. eventually it'll turn into it'll turn into something. Yeah. Um, but that's the first thing I do when I then go back to do draft one. It's take out yeah. that first paragraph. Yeah. It's just like, oh god, I hate this. I hate it. Yeah. Um, and the beauty is, it's your first draft, and you can just select it and delete it. Oh. No one will ever know. Yeah, quite your dirty secret <laughs> that you wrote a load of old tosh at the start. <laughs> yeah, but that's normal. Yeah, absolutely. And draft actually, draft zero is a great lesson. Yeah, I learned from um, a writer called Will McLean. Okay, who I, um, I'm writing a kids show with. Ah, oh. and uh, Will has written a very funny spoof fighting fantasy book. Yes. Um, which Choose is your own adventure. Which job. is basically Death Trap Dungeon, which was one of my favourites. Um, <laughs> I only had the Citadel of Chaos. Oh, That's the only one I had. Okay. I remember when, this is how old I am, my English teacher, he actually read some of Warlock of Firetop Mountain to us and we had to choose our own adventure. Oh, that's great. And it was like, this is before computers and the internet, kids. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Will has written this very lovely, just perfectly pitched spoof yeah. um, fighting fantasy. I'll try and stick a link to it somewhere on our thing because I oh, really yeah, recommend it. Well it's, it. it's very much worth it. It's a Kindle book and it's just and he, lovely. And he's tremendous. He's a, he's he's a, a very brilliant, funny brilliant man. writer. So you've been writing it with Will. But, uh, yeah, and, and one of the great bits of knowledge I got from him was write a draft zero which is purely you pulling this idea out of yeah. your brain and getting it onto a page yeah. and if it's good you've missed the point yeah so it's so you yeah just just not even calling your first draft the first draft yeah if it's draft zero then it really 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 doesn't matter how bad it is yeah and there's something nice about that and I think also it's um it's a question of knowing what sort of writer you are I think this theme has come up a fair bit so my the previously mentioned Richard Hurst, my writing partner, um, he tends to write slower and better, and I tend to write faster and worse. Um, right. So sometimes, so he, so I, I tend to, I could probably, once I've got an outline of a sitcom script, I could probably turn that sort of two thousand word document into a forty page script in three days, mm. um, or four days if I had to. Uh, I could probably do it and, and I usually feel awful the first day the second day it works and the third day it just all it all just kind of falls not into place but I get to the end right. again yeah. I mentioned my wife again I quite often come in from my office saying how is your script and I say I never say I finished I say I got to the end yeah um, whereas Richard will probably take he 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 will take slightly longer and produce something that's probably slightly better that needs less work doing because that's just the way he writes yeah. he may write a draft zero that I never find out about mm. um, but I think it's a question of knowing your how, what sort of writer you are and then just saying well that's how I write I don't write like Steinbeck or Hemingway or Carla Lane or Graham Linehan it sort of doesn't it doesn't matter how I write it's how, how I how, how I get it done yeah it's the well it's the it's the end product that matters yeah. and your process is entirely your business yeah. so draft zero is, is is one definitely very liberating hugely liberating thing yeah. to learn from yeah I mean, and, and any other sort of things as you I mean what's the difference between writing with yourself and writing with others is writing with others something that you're keener to do more I, I, I write better on my own when I'm also writing with others so um, I, now since I started writing with Will I've written more on my own as well as the stuff with him. Yeah, it's 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 like like the podcast thing actually. Having that having a creative outlet where you can play around um, and bounce ideas off someone, free just frees up something mm. that 
allows me to do it on my own as well. Yeah. Um, which is really, which is wonderful because I'm, my writing process always used to be have an idea, worry about it for about five years, hear that someone has just got commissioned for, for a similar idea, cry a bit, have another idea. And it wasn't that successful. Repeat to defect, yeah. to despair. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So that, yeah, that didn't really work yeah. for some, yeah. some reason. It sounds bulletproof to me. And I know. Yet, and yet. I know, it's baffling, isn't it? <laughs> baffling that I'm not yeah. world. But it's interesting that you, so it's not just a question of you've got someone to bounce ideas off. There's an element of accountability there as well, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. That you don't want to let someone down, even if they're not actually necessarily doing you know it just feels like you raise your game in front of somebody else yeah definitely yeah and and actually when you got when you got the right person um they make you feel like you can do the job yeah on writing on your own so often you because you are just sort of writing into the wind a bit mm. and you might have lost your mind and you haven't noticed and it might be absolute rubbish so to have someone to bounce off who goes oh that's that's a good idea you yeah. think oh I can do this yeah and that freeze things just out. making them laugh as well oh it's, yeah it's great it yeah. is amazing yeah um yeah no it, it's so i think it's a question of knowing yeah and so not just knowing what sort of writer you are but how you what sort of input you need or who you mm. need to be with i think is really important how did you end up yeah. writing with will uh i th- i think it was like most things in the comedy writing world we were talking in a pub right and <laughs> said oh we should do we should write something together. Yeah. Um, and unlike most of the comedy writing world, we actually took that conversation in a pub and started writing something together. Wow. Blimey, imagine if, imagine if stuff really did happen from pubs. Yeah. The world would look like a very different so, place. Because you sort of lose track of the number of people you... Yeah. R- of writer friends in pubs. You go, we should write something yeah, together. And yeah, then, yeah. nothing ever yeah. happens. <laughs> yes, that's right. We but, will never speak of this yeah, again. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, oh yeah, we must go for a drink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, with Will, we got on with it and had a good idea. And in a way, therefore, I know this sounds, this might sound crazy, but being in a pub with another writer is actually a start. Definitely. Um, one of the things for um, that we often suggest for uh, the Newsjack show mm. is to, if you're trying to write for it, don't just write for it, but turn up to the recording. There are yeah. so many things you'll learn, even if you haven't got any material on, which is statistically extremely likely. Mm. But even if you haven't got any material on, you'll be there with other writers. Yeah. You'll be able to spot them. <laughs> it's it's not hard. Um, they mm. are the gauche ones. Yeah. Um, who look like they need a meal. Um, and, but a first at the bar. Um, yes, they need a meal and a wash <laughs> and, a, and a drink. <laughs> Um, and then you get talking and that's how and so all these writing partnerships that we've spoken to lots of people on this podcast who've um, met writing on Weekending which was the show 20, yeah. 30 years ago um, and it's just sort of finding other writers because although it feels like it is it feels like something you should be able to do on your own but you need a commu- you need that community and yeah. you need to build that community and, and that it, community is generally built in the pub yes yeah. it is yeah and in um, fact it was so, I was talking to um writer friends recently and actually another thing with the pub is once you're a bit more established um see you see friends in the pub they might get offered a job on something the next day yeah that they can't do but are asked yeah who else can you think of yeah oh i tell you what i was in the pub last night yes. with so and so and that that community then yeah 
helps generate yeah, work as well. Because actually, um, the the lot. I mean, we've just attended a a, a writers guild committee meeting for the comedy you committee. We all sat around in our big shoes and our clown noses. <laughs> It was hilarious. We nearly didn't get into the tiny car the meeting was in. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but it was... It is a real camaraderie that we sort of... We all want each other to win, don't we? We all want each other to have a good experience of writing. And actually, we're not... It doesn't feel like we're competing. Yeah, no, it doesn't. No, it never does. It's, it's it, And it's funny that, because we really are. Well, we um, sort of are, but we're but, sort of not. In terms yeah. of we, we all we all got into this business, actually, because we like jokes Mm. we like laughing we like comedy and we have a shared sensibility we've we've almost all been slightly the weird ones at school i know yeah. that you weren't bullied necessarily but uh, maybe they did bully I you mean, you just didn't notice do you know what? I, I i say that <laughs> but yeah well, I, I, yeah. I was you know that you know that time when you walked into the classroom and they just said she's here she's back <laughs> oh god yeah no i i, I Course, course. She's rocking backwards and forwards it's now. It's fine, it's fine, I'm okay. Um, but it, I'm going but to because, my happy place. Because we want each other to win, as it were. We want each other to have a good experience of writing because it's it's so hard out there mm. that we will actually say, if, if I can't, you know, occasionally I get asked to do a job that I can't do um, and I'll immediately think, oh, I, I now want to get another writer who I've met and I like some work and I'll yeah. just say, oh, uh, well, I'll, first person I normally say is Dave Cohen. Sorry, Carrie. Yeah, I'll say you enough. next time. Thanks but the, the very fact that we just had this conversation <laughs> means I'm more likely to exactly say, that. Yeah. oh, you should talk to Carrie Quinlan. Yeah, um, exactly that. She's proper funny. Hooray. And she will do you jokes by the yard. Quite. Um, but it is, it's, that, it's that kind of thing. And the, and the joy when someone has something really take off. Yeah. That... Yeah, all the, the, the comedy writers yeah. have. It's a genuine... Yeah, and I always feel like... genuine pleasure. Yeah, and I feel... Yeah, you, you can enjoy their success, even though, you know... It's, it's a Gore Vidal quote, that it is not enough that I succeed, others must fail. Yeah, what a um, nice guy. But actually, we do... I think we do tend to want our own... I mean, for example, Pete Sinclair, I might have mentioned this in the podcast with him, but whenever a guy I've known for a while gets a show on TV and Bad Move was on. Mm. I feel like he and some comedy writers are literally going over the top out of the trenches and, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm just praying they're going to make it to the other side Yeah, because absolutely everything is against them and they're going to get fired at and shot at and, you know, just the very, just even getting as far as the, as the front line is hard enough. Yeah. So True. I think being together... Um, is actually a nice thing, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, and you're, and you're right. If it, it sounds like a solitary profession, yeah. but actually, and therefore it really isn't. And if you are shy, which is again normal, yes, it is something that you probably need to make yourself do. Yeah, um, and remember that pretty much everyone else is shy as well yeah. in that gang. There's, it's not there. Yeah, there's no. In fact, there's something we were talking about in in the meeting, in the Writers Guild meeting, yes. that you know, laddish cultures in various yeah. places and. Um, you don't really get leads yeah. in yeah in the comedy writing no, world. Yeah, it's one don't. of the nicest. We we all had a sick note at school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no. What? I'm trying to think of someone who's sporty. Yeah. In well, it's interesting. Comedy we, writing. Mark we Evans. Can, well, we can it. go. Well, I'm I'm a cricket fan as well, but. Um, there are some covert cricketers, but that's not really a sport, that's, is exactly, it? Exactly, that doesn't really count. <laughs> Wait, you're a cricketer yourself, yeah. as we have uh, but, I do, but I'm not, yeah. I wouldn't think of myself yeah. as sporting. No, it's just cricket. Ever. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's standing around. But, you, yeah. you stop for meals. Yeah. 
but yeah, so but you're right. It's not. It is. It's. It. It is quite a blokey culture in some ways, but actually, it's not a very laddie. Yeah, culture. it is, and, and it is a blokey culture, and there is a you know a, a, a gender issue definitely. Mm. But it's it's a blokey culture of, of really of, of rather nice blokes. <laughs> so so that you yeah know, is is kind of in its favour, mm. but but yeah, obviously that yeah, yeah. needs to be addressed. Yeah, no, absolutely, but, absolutely, um, and slowly but surely, parts of it are being, but. How fast? Who can yeah. say? Yes, that's a whole other podcast. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's right. and another. Uh, in- and and if, if anyone wants to listen to that podcast, it's called the Guilty Feminist. Ah, um, and it's great. Okay, is yeah. that anything that you're part of? Or I, I've I've been a part of a few of them. Oh, okay, yeah, and it's Brilliant. great. It's a really good thing. Deborah Francis White. Okay, is behind it. And Brilliant. It's, it's a great thing. Have a listen. Um, we should probably wrap this up. Um, thank you very much for being with us, Carrie. If, if you have any other thoughts or ideas to impart to people listening to this thinking I'd like to write something but um, I don't know where to begin or how to start you know maybe is there anything you would you would say especially especially to a young lady who may be listening to um, this and there are some I'm yeah. assured of this I've met some well good yes. well, good for I've you I've met both of them how very woke <laughs> yes. of you um, it, it, know that every, everyone finds it hard mm. that's part of it Find a community. There is um, a group called XX Comedy Writers. Is it? Yeah, XX Comedy Writers, um, uh, which is women comedy writers uh, on Facebook. Find that. Um, and write, everyone, I'm sure, says it on here. Radio 4, Open mm. Door yeah. shows are probably the place to start. Uh, as so good as any. start with them. Yeah. And also make your own thing. Make your own thing, yeah. The, the time is now to make yeah. your own thing. It's never been easier. You don't need to ask permission, I think, maybe. Yeah. But you need to give yourself permission. That's And that's really hard. Mm. So if And if you're finding that hard, I am giving you permission mm. right now. There you go. You heard it here first. Right away. Carrie Quinlan says... <sighs> do it. Do it. There you go. Do not, do not hold out against Carrie Quinlan. Bad things will happen to you if you do. <laughs> Carrie, thank you so much for being on our podcast. No, thank you for having me. And um, I would love, D- Dave, I'm sure, would say goodbye if he was still here. But he's Goodbye, dead. Dave. Goodbye, Dave. He's dead to us. So um, just to say, you can email us at um, sitcomgeeks.gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Patreon scheme, which, will, uh, which has a newsletter and goodies and free books and um, secret, secret podcasts where we review your first 10 pages of your scripts. So do look out for that and find us on Twitter at uh, Sitcom Geeks. We have our own Twitter handle. Um, uh, Carrie, you are probably on Twitter. Are you a tweeter? I am. I'm a, vaguely a tweeter. I come and go. Sometimes I'm very big on tweeting, sometimes not. Often um, my Twitter feed is me um, passively, passively, aggressively complaining to uh, large companies that I've had bad service from. Shaming them. Yeah. Yeah. Quinlan underscore, underscore Carrie. Quinlan if you want to Carrie. see yeah. me complain about yodel a lot, why not Carrie Quin- at Carrie Quinlan? There wasn't already one, was there? There can't know, be that many Quinlans knocking around. No, there was. Uh, there wasn't at Carrie Quinlan. It was me, and it got hacked. Uh, and I don't know. I didn't really know how had to, to unhack that out. it. Yeah, so I just left it. Left it. Yeah. Walked away. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Carrie, thank you very much, and thank you for listening, guys. And we'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.